Hi, my name is Jennifer Thielander. I am here with Shelby Neal from um, the Girl Strength Program with the Portland Police Bureau. You're listening to X-Ray FM on KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 91.1 and 107.1, streaming online everywhere at xray.com. This is Amplify Women on X-Ray FM. I'm your host, as I already said, and um, in celebration of International Women's Day, we are hosting 12 hours of women-focused programming. We're amplifying women's voices and providing intersectional education on a diverse range of issues impacting women in Portland and beyond. Between now and 7 p.m., you will be hearing some of Portland's most impactful community leaders, educators, activists, artists, and professionals tell their stories to educate, empower, and inspire change. So today I'm here with Shelby. We are both self-defense instructors with uh, the Portland Women's Strength and Girls Strength Program. And uh, we came up together. We were um, both trained to be instructors at the same time. She's my guest today. We're going to be going through some things that we commonly come up in our self-defense classes. We're going to talk a little about uh, verbal assertiveness. We're going to talk about safety planning. And we're going to kind of hoping to debunk some myths that are out there uh, to help people feel less afraid of the world that we live in. Uh, welcome, Shelby. Thank you, Jennifer. Hi. So first, we're going to talk about a little bit. Let's introduce what women's strength and what girl's strength is. So uh, first of all, you, you and I have been instructors about the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time, Shelby has been promoted from a volunteer instructor <laughs> to uh, you're the program director for yes. Girl Strength. Girl so Strength. first tell me a little bit about Girl Strength. Sure, so Girl Strength is uh, the girls focused program, uh, very similar to Women's Strength, but we work with girls pretty much ages uh, 10 through 13, 14, and then we'll also do workshops with high schoolers. Um, and and actually we will work with uh, non-binary and kind of genderqueer folks as well. Um, I like to say any any gender, or we'll work with any students whose gender might make them more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we're called Girl Strength, but it's flexible. Um, and we do after school programming and summer camps, and we talk about um, a lot of self defense stuff. So intuition, assertiveness, um, being an ally, setting boundaries. Um, and then with the girls, we also have a big element of confidence building and empowerment. So we do um, a, a little section on inspiring women and um, have these kind of history boards and uh, that are filled with with amazing women um, from from history and currently. Um, we talk to girls about that. We talk about positive affirmations. Um, the whole idea is to to build girls up and give them uh, confidence to use their voices and and. Uh, assert their boundaries. It's such a great program and we get a lot of great feedback from it. I, uh, when we're doing the adults classes, which I teach, uh, it's really great because a lot of women uh, that do the classes will talk about like, why don't you teach this in schools? And then I get to say, well, we do, <laughs> you know, so we do have these partnerships. And so tell me how people learn about it or how they would participate in yes, Girl Strength. Absolutely. So um, Girl Strength, just like Women's Strength, is, is mostly volunteer run. Um, I'm the sole staff member. Uh, and then I have volunteers, which I lead with because it limits how how wide a net we yeah. can cast. Um, but right now we're we do after school programs during the school year, and we'll do at least four per kind of term um, in schools that have sun programs, which oh. are those their after school programs kind of county run. Um, so we'll work with the after school programs. Um, so if there is a program at 
uh, your child's school, you can enroll your child that way. Um, I take requests. So if there are programs that want or there are schools that want um, want a girl strength class, I will absolutely take requests. Uh, they just have to let me know. And uh, I try really hard to make to have our classes be all over the city um, just so that we can be an equitable program that way. Um, the other thing is we also do all these workshops. So folks can request workshops. Um, uh, we do, we've done programs with the Girl Scouts and we've done programs with uh, different groups and sports teams and things like that. Uh, yeah, and it's just, a, you know, one one woman show as far as coordination goes, so you just yeah. gotta call me. <laughs> <laughs> just, just call her. Uh, and I think, you know, talking about doing it all over the city and things like that, that's another thing that I really was drawn to with the Women's Strength Program uh, when I start, when I took it as a, as a student, um, it was, right in my neighborhood and I love that and uh, and then also I love that the mission of it because they're free self-defense classes mm -hmm. they are accessible to everyone we do them all over the city and a, a lot of the time when people find out that I do women's uh, self-defense people will ask me can you do a private thing for my work or can you mm -hmm. you know can we my coworkers would love to have this and blah 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 and I get to say no we actually don't do that because we want to make sure that the door is open to everyone yes so it's not about you know being able to afford it or a company paying us to come and do this like the classes have to be available to whoever wants to take them yes. and um, and also like you said uh, with girl strength it's not just girls it's people you know basically just not male bodied or or uh, it, it could be male born but uh, even in our our uh, women's strength uh, classes we do have trans uh, folks in our classes and and we've been working with um, the what is it called the Q Center and doing some really great work mm -hmm. with them yeah uh, what else can you tell me about the women's strength program I could go on and on and on about it but I have you here so mm -hmm. let's let's go into that a little bit sure um just curriculum or uh well first of all why would someone sign up for it how oh, would someone yeah. know about it what tell me just the the overall mission sure. and objectives of women's strength yes so um they operate kind of with terms as well so we're in the spring term now um and this and i the summer schedule will probably be up in a little bit and um sarah the director of that program uh does her best to make sure there are classes happening again different locations all over the city so that they're accessible to everyone um, they do fill up really quickly yeah. so registering as soon as there's the registration dates are always bolded kind of so paying attention to those um, I think that um, a lot of people sometimes people sign up because something's happened mm -hmm. um, and they're scared or they've you know had something happen to even to a friend um, and I do think that it's a really powerful thing to do to get some of that confidence back um, and kind of mitigate some of those fears um, sure. because one of the big goals of the class is just teaching options so that you don't walk around um, or so that you do walk around knowing that you've got ideas and you've got kind of tools in your toolbox that could help you. Um, and I think that's that's kind of the biggest, the biggest thing. Um, the classes are fantastic. I've taken it like two or three times now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I think one of the most powerful parts is that it's volunteer led. So, you know, so every class is taught by a team of like every women's strength class, like four or five um, incredible women like yourself, Jennifer, <laughs> um, who t take so much time to learn um, not only our curriculum, but we, you know, to learn a bunch of theory kind of about domestic violence, about sexual assault um, and really be able to to know the whole scope of of those issues so that they can be really effective instructors. 
Yeah. I mean, the, when we took the uh, instructor training class, I'm more, I mean, I walked in with my binder from the class mm -hmm. from a few years ago, and it is a thick binder, and we uh, had the privilege of having all sorts of guest uh, lecturers come in and teach us about, you know, cycles of violence. How it, uh, I remember the most fascinating one for all of us was, um, and we were all kind of on the edge of our seats, was when we learned about, like, gang activity. Oh, sure. And, and trafficking within, you know, gang activity and things like that, because uh, it's just such a world that a lot of us didn't mm -hmm. experience. And before we go on to talk about anything else, I do want to sort of issue um, a, a trigger warning to folks because we are going to be talking about sexual assault and domestic violence, and we do understand that that can be hard for people to hear. Uh, when we are training and talking in class, we, you know, let people know that we encourage people to kind of push themselves because if you don't push your boundaries, then you don't learn, you know. So um, we want you to... Uh, but 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 overall, take care of yourself. So if um, this could be something that you know might, uh, we might go over something that might be uh, difficult for some listeners to hear, and we want to understand that we're um, sensitive to it. We you know if we say things in a lighthearted way, it's not because we don't understand the severity of the the issues that we're speaking about. Um, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, you gotta be light with some of this mm -hmm. stuff, um, and and just understand that uh, we. Um, we're, you know, we're with you, and uh, and and I apologize if if anybody is um, is is triggered or anything. But we want to, you know, give as much information out there and empower as many people as possible. And we can't do that without spreading the word. So, um, thanks for listening. And uh, again, uh, self care is number one. So if you need to turn out, tune out for a few minutes and come back to us, uh, that's. You know, that's okay with us. We won't know. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So the structure of the women's training classes is uh, if you if you wanted to take one, you, there we ask it for a three. It's a three-week commitment. So it's one three-hour class a week for three weeks. Yes. And over that, we, uh, we go into, obviously, the strikes, which is what people kind of sign up for. Sure. And the beauty of it is, is we teach a lot of assertiveness. We teach a lot of um, options, as you said, and add as many things to people's toolkits. And at the end of the day, when we do evaluations at the end, people actually respond more to the assertiveness and say yes. they got that they got more out of that than even the strikes. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's always a really exciting thing, because I always feel when we're teaching the class, I'm like, oh, you know, we do role playing and things like that. And I, I always worry that people are there thinking, like, I signed up to fight and yeah. learn strikes. And, and we do that. But uh, and then it's it's always just so gratifying in the end when people are like, I really felt empowered by this. Um, so what other things should people know about signing up for the classes and what they might get out of it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think what you just said is huge. Um, the assertiveness piece and boundary setting. I, I think you're right. I think the the idea of doing cool moves um, gets them in the door. Mm -hmm. But then I think uh, kind of one of the things that, um, well, sorry, I'll answer your question first. <laughs> um, uh, boundary setting, assertiveness. We talk a lot about intuition. I think yes. that's um, a really huge piece of what we talk about, intuition and bias, because mm -hmm. those two things are really intertwined, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're making moves to kind of make sure we cover both of those um, in both women's strength and girl strength in my classes as well, um, because I think that's really important. And then, you know, um, understanding that a lot of women do ignore their intuition. Mm -hmm. so we're we taught, taught to. We're absolutely taught to. Yeah. We're taught to be polite over um, and we're taught to be uncomfortable so that we can maintain politeness sure, and yeah. be nice and kind and take care of other people first, that sort of thing. Um, so the, I want to say 
I think the biggest thing that I get out of this class, or I get out of this class pretty much every time I teach it, is that reminder that my my safety, like you just said about self care, like that comes first. And mm-hmm. um, so that, I think that's a big a big thing that peop- I like folks to know before going into women's strength classes. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's not just the physical stuff. Yeah, when I took the when I was a student and I took the class with uh, a friend, which we encourage you bring a friend. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing too is that you can when you sign up for the class, you can sign a friend up. Yeah. Up and as Shelby said before, they do fill up. So you use the buddy system. That's what my friend and I did, and we said, okay, we're going to go online at eight when the registration is open for this class that we want to take, and you'll sign me up and I'll sign you up, and then we'll both be sure assured to get in. And I think we were on the wait list, but we still oh, yeah. were able to get yeah. in. You can sign up three people with one registration, which is really. Oh. Nice. And we have a lot of moms bring daughters. Yes. So if you are, how old do you have to be? 13. If, if a student is 13, 14, 15, they have to bring an adult with them. Doesn't have to be their mom. Can be okay. their mom. An mm-hmm. adult uh, woman identified person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're 16, they can go alone. It's always fun to have the kids in. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the other instructors get uh, a little <laughs> a little nervous about being around teens. I, for one, love it. Oh, I, I get come? really excited. I don't care that they're not paying attention. Because <laughs> I think that they are actually paying attention. They, they are. Yeah. Oh, this is what I always say about my middle schoolers. Luckily, none of them are listening right because they're in school. <laughs> um, they, the more they roll their eyes, that to, I, I like to say that the information is rolling around and processing in their head as mm-hmm. they're rolling their eyes. So that's just... A manual oh, I thing see. that's happening. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's what I like to say. And then just kind of <laughs> wrapping up, a few more things to know about the women's strength classes sure. is there's the intro class, which is the three sessions that we've spoken about. There's also an intermediate class, which is a yes. one day, uh, like sort of an afternoon class. And then um, there's also a weapons class, which is uh, it doesn't teach you how to use weapons. It teaches you how to have options to defend yourself against someone else that's using a weapon. And it's a great class. There are all really, really great classes, and each one kind of builds upon the other one. So you have to start with the the uh, the intro class, and then you build your your way up. There's also refreshers that are offered quarterly, uh-huh. correct? Yes. And I've taught the refresher. That's a really fun one too because it's it just kind of offers a safe space a safe space to practice your skills that you've already learned. So you don't have to go through the role playing. You don't have to go through anything. You just go in there, and we just go through strike, 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 and you just practice your strikes. And it's just a what an hour and a half or two hours oh. maybe. I'm not <laughs> it's a shorter class, and uh, and yeah, you just it's just strike, 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 and um, I also love that we offer offer that safe space because it's one of those things that you want to keep it in your muscle memory, and uh, the more you practice it, the more you'll be confident in using it, and uh, we do encourage people to not share any of the strikes that we teach with their partner at home because, right. as we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, that's statistically the person that we are more likely to be assaulted by. So we. Want want to keep those secret uh we are going to be talking over some stuff today that anyone can hear uh but there's some sort of more secret things in the classes should you choose to take one um let's get into um our first of all we want to also just say uh even though we're going to be talking about risk mitigation and safety planning abusers choose to abuse absolutely it is never our fault no one is ever asking for it uh so uh, you know just as we go on to talking about you know safety tr- uh, tips and things like that um just understand that you know we know that it's mm-hmm. even though we have to prepare ourselves for this stuff and we shouldn't have to uh it's it's always the abuser's fault it's absolutely. it's never the the victim or survivor's fault and we kind of use a, a survivor and victim interchangeably so you might um hear both uh, both of those terms so we 
it's it's really up to the person um, that's the victim or survivor to choose what uh, term they want to uh, use. So, um, Shelby, since I've got you here and I'm not going to talk the whole time, no, uh, <laughs> let's just go into definitions of what what is sexual assault and domestic violence. Yeah, absolutely. Or dating violence. Sure. Uh, sexual assault is any um, uh, unwanted, non consensual um, touch. Sometimes comments um, or like physical attack uh, on from one person to another. And what are some ways abuse happens? Um, do you mean like? Well, there's there's we've got physical abuse. Sure, 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 uh, sure. Physical, emotional. I would say with sexual assault, um, typically more physical. But mm -hmm. with like domestic violence or uh, intimate partner violence. Um, yeah, you have lots of layers there, psychological, um, the gaslighting, or um, isolating a partner from their friends or family. Um, and then you've got physical, of course, um, kind of mental, emotional, um, you know. Financial uh, abuse financial, is, a big, absolutely. is a big one that I feel like is getting a lot more attention now. Uh, it used to kind of be a thing that people just talked about when they talked about elderly people. Sure. And, you know, yeah. uh, but but financial um, abuse. And that's a lot of the times that's a reason women don't leave yeah. is because they're in a position where they are, you know, being financially controlled by yeah. their significant other. Yeah. Absolutely. Among many other reasons why a woman wouldn't leave. So yes. don't and ask her why she didn't leave. Absolutely. And that brings up actually a really good point about um, a definition for, for abuse, um, especially intimate partner dating violence, is, is rooted absolutely in power and control, mm -hmm. right? We know that those, um, those two dynamics are absolutely um, the driving factors behind abusers. Um, and, and kind of any abuse within a situation generally comes back to, to that. Yeah. And then um, with abuse, uh, we talk about uh, in our classes, and this is just day one that we talk about, are some sort of red flags or tactics that an abuser would use. Mm -hmm. And these are the things, and you know, when we also talk about why people don't leave abusive relationships, uh, it's because, I, I mean, there's endless reasons, and you should do your own work on, the, you know, homework on this, but um, a big thing is... Um, it, it starts with emotional m yeah, much of the time absolutely. and you've been vetted we've been vetted you know so you they there's there's tactics that that start before the actual abuse starts so they're in your head they're in our heads uh, so some of the um, tactics that abusers will use or that and they could use separately or together mm -hmm. um, and we'll and I'm gonna I'll define them and then you will give examples of them yeah. uh, so we've got intimidation isolation surprise and silence mm -hmm. so let's break those down a little bit and remember like and some of them are just very classic ones that that get used together. Uh, so we'll go over that. But so intimidation, what does that look like? Um, sure. So it can look like anything from threatening someone, um, maybe um, threatening children or um, and maybe not even overtly, subtly um, or pets. I think that that's mm -hmm. actually a common one that happens. Um, and, yeah. Making someone feel unsafe or like they are in danger. Yeah. Isolation. Um, yeah, so physically, you know, getting someone alone or um, like power and control dynamics could be not letting a partner leave the house or kind of have their own life. Um, I, I feel like when I've seen examples of this in relationships, it looks like it's very manipulative. It can mm -hmm. be like, oh, don't, you know, don't hang out with them. Like, hang out with me. I haven't seen you in so long. But then when that's happening 
repeatedly and then suddenly that person um, doesn't have a network anymore and doesn't have right. resources and is is cut off from from kind of their safe people. Yeah. Uh, what about silence? Yeah. So this is um, this one's really this one's really interesting. I think um, you know we do talk mostly about non-strangers mm-hmm. um, in a lot of our classes, and I think this one's relevant for both um, because it's most convenience the wrong word. Um, it helps an abuser when their uh, victim or their survivor is silent, right? Mm-hmm. And so way, it means that they might achieve that um, for strangers, you know, physically um, or threat by threatening them through um, fear and things like that. But then for non-strangers, I think uh, comments like, no one will believe you anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, I Since I work with girls, we talk a lot about in my classes about secrets um, and, you know, letting them know that you do not have to keep secrets that make you uncomfortable and and things like that. Um, authority, when, when folks have authority or power, whether they're a boss, um, whether they're someone in uniform, whether they're um, someone, you know, a teacher, maybe of a student, things like that, I think um, they have the ability to potentially uh, use silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about surprise? Sure. So this is the classic, like, stranger jumps out of the bushes. Mm-hmm. It's We do on the first day of... of women's strength and then maybe the second day of girl strength we put together that what if list yep. so we want to hear everybody that comes in with the class you know they come in with all these things that they want to know how to handle and the stranger jumping out of the bushes is like number one day number one two. every class <laughs> yeah. every single class absolutely which um absolutely i want i want our students to be prepared for that but i don't think it happens quite as frequently as maybe a surprise in the sense of significant other shows up unexpectedly at your workplace um, or is suddenly somewhere that they shouldn't be like, mm-hmm. wait, why are you, you know, at my office or why are you at my sister's house? Things like that. And I think, too, like, you know, because we are kind of debunking a lot of the things that get asked in our class with those what if lists, because that's our day one mm-hmm. first project that we all do together with the um, idea that by the last class, you'll have answered these questions. And so when we do this, uh, this exercise in classes, the thing that always comes up, like you said, is the stranger jumping out and uh, or, you know, silence. What if someone covers your mouth? And but a lot of these are, are so much deeper, especially yeah. when it's the non-stranger relationship. And so we really try to get people to think about, OK, well, what what could silence if someone wasn't covering your mouth? But it's like a manipulation yeah. to keep you silent. What does that look like? And it's and there's so many, you know, the whole Me Too movement and, and the things that have happened with people in authority and things like that, keeping mm-hmm. people silent for years absolutely uh so it's it's really just something that we can think about on a broader term rather than just a stranger jumping out of the bushes or intimidation by uh a stranger or uh just what it physically looks like because uh, uh, someone that's abusing or that's abusive is their number one goal is to break you down emotionally Mm -hmm. before they can push that boundary and start getting into the physical. So when we think about a tactic of an abuser, it's it's mostly going to be, over the long term, um, it, the mental stuff. Yes. So all of those, isolation, surprise, intimidation, and silence, all can be done without any physical, you mm-hmm. know, hands or anything like that. It can definitely just 
be done. I think about things like um, social media, yeah. uh, how people monitor other people's social media accounts, and um, or the you know I don't I don't really know if this is like a bad thing, but I always think about couples that share a social media account, sure. or um, and then you know financial abuse uh, or or just financial control, women that don't have control of their own finances, mm -hmm. um, and that goes along with a lot of that too, like isolating someone financially, yeah. uh, and uh, so so some ways that we can kind of like look out for some of these things. Uh, now that we've defined them, we're more empowered to be able to keep keep a lookout and see these as red flags. Yeah. What are some other things that you would suggest to people to sort of avoid or to counter some of these tactics? Oh, that's a great question. Um, one, well, so with the red flags, I think, um, uh, Speaking of girl strength, just for a second, um, we do an activity around healthy relationships, and we talk about red flags. And I think um, my biggest goal there is, you know, because they start small. They start really small, right? Like financial control, for instance, might start yeah. with like, oh, you bought another shirt? Yeah. You know? Um, and it just starts small like that. And I think the sooner folks can see those and identify those and, and, um, and call them out, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the better, the absolute, right. like the much better. So... Um, tactics to to get around them. So, I mean, uh, one of the skills that we teach, and I'm thinking kind of about intimidation, um, I guess all of them, but is affirmations mm -hmm. and right and positive self-talk. And um, I think that that stuff kind of gets talked about a lot and can be seen as a little cheesy um, or a but little silly. But it's not. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It really is. Right? We sat down here and I was in my head being like, I can do this. Yeah. I can talk to Jennifer. For <laughs> <a little bit." laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I but I do think, so we start, we start my students on that real young. So my hope and my dream is that by the time they're my age, they're, you know, super amazing um, positive self talkers because I think that as women uh, what we're actually taught is negative self-talk and For we sure. get real good at it mm -hmm. um, so I think being able to um, and I mentioned gaslighting and I, I should define that just in case it folks don't know what that up. is yeah and yeah. I you know even my my uh, little girls they had uh, they all told me the other day, like, oh, I've heard that phrase so many times. Tell me what it is. So I explained it to them. It's just the idea that someone is making you feel like your reality um, isn't true mm -hmm. um, and kind of making your reality feel distorted. Um, you know, the I think it comes from an old movie where it someone does. was it's slowly turning down. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's weird. I've never, <laughs> I've never yeah, seen it's it. It's cool and weird. Um, yeah, so, so what, the partner was turning down the lights just ever so slightly. Um, it was like the downstairs neighbor was messing with this oh. woman's lights. And it's a, it's kind of a thriller, yeah. And so, but just making her think that she's losing her mind. Yeah. But she's not. Exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, you asked me about tactics. Oh, yeah, so... Um, Affirmations. Affirmations. Um, we always also talk about, I, I one thing that I like to talk about in the classes too, and when we get into some of the verbal uh, assertiveness skills, when you set a boundary, recognize when that person is crossing that yes, boundary. Absolutely. And then, you know, once you've established a boundary with another person, and it's up to them, if they're going to cross that boundary, that's uh, they're basically showing you that they don't respect you. They're not treating you like your boundary is important. Yes. So that's another thing to, to kind of keep on the lookout for is once you've, really drawn a line in the sand if someone chooses to cross mm -hmm. that line what are they actually saying to you yeah they're testing absolutely. you yeah absolutely um and i think that kind of goes with that just us practicing setting those boundaries and practicing um we do like you mentioned all the role playing and things um having the confidence to kind of 
to stick with it and realize, um, no, like I'm allowed to have these boundaries and um, I am important, I am valuable. Um, I think that's that's a piece of it too. Mm-hmm. And I think too, we uh, talk about, um, you know, like the isolation part of it because that's an, another huge tactic. Uh, the silence and isolation go hand in hand. And so when someone, when you're, you know, if we're in a relationship that uh, is looking a little bit tricky and all of a sudden your friends are dropping off one by one because you've lost all these relationships, uh, that's another thing to keep on the lookout for. So maintaining your relationships with mm-hmm. people, maintaining your relationships yeah. with your family, your coworkers and things like that, and making sure that you always have someone to talk to if you need it. It doesn't mean that you need to tell them, I'm in an abusive relationship right now, but just keeping the lines open uh, to to your network outside of your relationship, whether it's checking in with someone to say, does this sound, am I being gaslighted right now? Or to just, you know, have, have a place to go if we need one or uh, just have someone else to help us, you know, keep our affirmations going. Yeah. So uh, that's another thing is is um, abusers do try to isolate their victims, uh, their partners. And so uh, keeping those networks really open is, is very, very important because a lot of the time that further will make someone in an abusive relationship not empowered to leave because all of a sudden they look around and they're alone. Mm-hmm. And this, this person is the only person they've got because yeah. that's the world that they've built for them. Uh, so yeah, keeping that alive. Um, and then, uh, one of the other things too, and, and this is more with some of the physical stuff, uh, that we talk about with the stranger jumping out of the bushes and things like that. Uh, the one thing that we like to talk about is in our classes is utilizing technology. Mm. Uh, so we always get like, what if someone, you know, gets me while I'm on a hike or something like that. And, and, um, and, and using technology smartly. Yes. So, uh, you know, a, a part and a, and a person that's potentially abusive wanting to track you on your phone may not be what we're talking about with using technology, but utilizing technology to keep you safe in the world. Uh, there's so many great apps. If you're going on hikes to share with someone else, uh, where you're going to be and yes, stuff like that. Absolutely. To keep yeah. Safe. Sa- safety planning, which uh, I think we'll talk about even more. But yeah. um, yes, always making making those moves to make sure somebody knows where you're at and what you're doing and buddy system. Whether women it's not so literal, good at that. but yes, they are. How good are women at that? Right. I mean, well, and it's a bummer because it's come out of necessity, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, kudos to us for being adaptable. That's right. <laughs> and on that, we're going to go ahead and uh, go over to a break right now. So, and then we'll be back and we're going to talk about some safety planning. We're going to talk about some of the questions that come up in those what if lists and uh, and hopefully give you some tips that you can uh, take with you and maybe encourage you to uh, register for one of the classes. You're listening to Amplify Women on X-Ray FM. In celebration of International Women's Day, we're hosting 12 hours of women-focused programming, amplifying women's voices and providing intersectional education on a diverse range of issues impacting women in Portland and beyond. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, so I'm here with Shelby Neal from Portland Police Bureau's Women's Strength and Girls' Strength programs. Uh, we also have, tell me about the boys' strength. Sure, yeah. So boys' strength is awesome. We have a program for uh, elementary, middle school aged boys. So not a self-defense program, but uh, really focuses on nonviolent leadership um, and uh, works with with boys to uh, they do some of the same things that we do debunk some like gender stereotypes and talk about being an ally and um, things like that and that's a really powerful class Um, uh, Monet Elliott is the director of that program and she also does a great job of trying to make sure um, that she's kind of being equitable with where she she runs those classes 
Okay, great. Uh, and then before we went to the break, we did talk about uh, some sort of uh, ways to protect yourself a little bit against uh, some of the tactics that are used by uh, abusers. And we talked about affirmations. And I kind of want to leave, uh, say some of the affirmations oh, that yeah. we talk about, that we do in class. At the end of every class, we do a huddle. It's the most powerful part of every class. Yes. I, I cry like yep. every single time. Uh, a group of women huddled together saying positive affirmations is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And especially in the gyms that we use, we're echoes off the walls and it's a really beautiful thing so um, some things that we will say to people or that we that we have people repeat is I am a powerful person yeah. I can defend myself you will respect my rights uh, leave me alone leave her alone so those are some things that we uh, say so um, and those are things that like I use now now that Absolutely. I've been a, a teacher for so long like I when I am scared I think I can defend myself yeah. I can defend myself we do affirmations with the girls as well and I'll just share um, yes. because they're so girls are amazing um, I uh, I love to hear when they talk about um, I am cool I am my own person I can get through this and they're uh, it's awesome I to love see them already putting that stuff together uh, I remember one time Laura was talking about uh, one of the girls' strength, and I don't know if she teaches it or what, but she was talking about, or maybe just with kids in general, one of the things that she said, it's, it's not me, it's the lighting. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I always tell myself that too whenever I like take a break when we're teaching and I always remember that when I go to like wash my hands in between you know sessions when we have our breaks and I look at myself in the the, the mirror of the school yes. that we're teaching and I'm like it's not me it's the lighting I love that um, so <laughs> we're going to talk about some things that commonly come up in our classes the the day one questions that we always get uh, Shelby should you bite someone oh great question uh, you know we don't recommend it um, just because when we talk about you know needing to defend yourself physically whether it's uh, with a skill you've learned or with a weapon of, of opportunity of some kind, um, you should go 100%. And so with biting, that might mean leaving with a little piece of that person, mm -hmm. um, which can be dangerous in and of itself. And then the other actually reason that I think is really powerful is if you are inflicting pain with, with that part of your body, your attacker is probably going to retaliate on that part of your body. And there are some, some um, you know, vital things mm -hmm. around your mouth um, that you wouldn't want to get hurt. Yes, that's yeah. That always comes up, and it's always and whenever we kind of flip it around, because that's kind of how we we operate with the classes. Is we go, well, what do you think would happen if you bit someone? And then you know, do you feel comfortable? You know, because we talk about uh, you know, if it's a stranger, uh, yeah. do you feel comfortable walking away with a stranger's DNA? And the look that you're giving me right now, that face <laughs> is the face which no one can see, but it's the face that goes around yep. the room and everybody makes it when they think about, do I want to walk away with a stranger's DNA? Uh, what about um, what do we teach about? Out with weapons so sure. if um and i'll 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 just kind of tell my story with it when i was a student um and someone talked about i mean you mentioned weapons of opportunity which we can go into a little bit but uh i remember um I when I first moved when I first moved into an apartment and lived alone when I when I was living in Portland uh, I uh, found a sword at a yard sale Amazing. and I thought this is going to be awesome I'm going to have this sword no one's going to mess with me and then when I took the women's strength class uh, and they talked about you know well uh, you know you have to be able to use it yeah and uh, <laughs> you know is it going to be effective are you really going to be able to fight someone off with a sword that you don't know how to use <laughs> and so then I was like oh yeah maybe maybe my sword under my bed is very very 
stupid. Uh, it's still there, but uh, I've upgraded and now have that mag light by my nightstand. Nice. So, so what are some other tips about sure. what kind of weapons? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to, uh, I mean, just think about what you have with you on the daily and how, you know, for me, it's like my giant thermos of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice Weapon and of hot. Opportunity. Absolutely. Um, things like that. I home invasion is almost always a question we get and I like people to think about you know think about different rooms in your house and what what things can you use there um you know your bedside your mag light mm-hmm. or your lamp if uh, if you have a lamp on the bedside table things like that um the thing about weapons is um you need to be prepared to use them sometimes that means thinking through what it would look like to use them so if you used a sword like could you stab someone with a sword like that's no. pretty intense so you know I uh, we know that that folks who've kind of thought through using a weapon are more likely to be able to use it to defend yes. themselves yeah and that's the thing that a conversation for everyone to have with themselves Absolutely. like you know you you have so many of us have pepper spray in our purses yeah do you know how to use that pepper also spray? can you get to it easily or would it be like hold on wait i need to dig through here yeah. and find it oh wait i've actually never used this and i'm yeah. gonna spray myself <laughs> with it you know so think about things like that uh i always think about too you know, with uh, firearms, do I think I could, even if I was, you know, in an unsafe situation, do I think I could actually shoot someone? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a a conversation for someone to have with themselves. So uh, when you're thinking about safety planning and when we're thinking about, you know, we should have something if we need it. uh, And, uh, but, but do you know how to use it? So um, maybe if you do have that pepper spray, uh, choose a non-windy day. Sure. Practice using it in a field uh, where it's nice and open, wear some protective eyewear and get to know your, your weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I'd add to that is that as we've mentioned, um, it's just a lot more likely that we know that the instances of attacks on women are more frequently from people they already know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to weapons, you also need to think through, could I use this weapon on a loved one or someone I know or something like that? And that's a, I, I mean, I remember that too as a student, like from my first day when we, uh, there's a there's um, a strike that we use and it is, uh, it, it could be a lethal strike. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I remember the instructor, Jennifer, uh, said, you know, this is something that could really hurt someone. And so, you know, make sure that you're a, every, every strike that we do, we tell you to commit fully 150% to it. But is this something that you could do on someone you love? Because, yeah. you know, domestic violence is complicated. Yeah. And, you know, you we're in this relationship. They've vetted us for a very long time. So we do have feelings for that person. And, and yeah, can you... Can you do that? And and I and you know, there's women out there that could, and there you know, but it, it's it's whatever works for you. Absolutely. There's no right or wrong way, um, and uh, and there should not be any judgment passed upon anyone that chooses or doesn't choose to use a weapon or you know a lethal strike against someone that they really care about. No, absolutely, it's all about options, and um, it's kind of one of the things we teach. I joke in my classes with with girls sometimes, like we could sit here for about 12 hours and go over every single what are your what ifs but mm-hmm. the problem is each one is going to change if yep. you're are you in high heels are you in sneakers is it yep. nighttime is it daytime um so our big thing is all about options um and knowing that uh one option that we like to talk about is waiting mm-hmm. and um knowing that you know sometimes like if you are in a domestic violence relationship and it is complicated and like physic you know using your physical skills on that person's, you know, is too much. Um, knowing that waiting is absolutely an option until resources are available, um, until, you know, the seasons change. I don't know, whatever whatever right. opportunity um, you might need. 
Yes. Uh, and then back to, you know, we talk about uh, uh, our homes. So, and that's another day one question is, what if someone comes through my window at night? Yeah. So, you know, I always like to tell people, uh, they're in your house now. They're in, they're in, you yes. know, we've all seen Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> that kid defended his house with the mm-hmm. with the weapons of opportunity that he had. Absolutely. And so, and the other warning that I always give to people is, uh, so if you have evicted someone from your home and you're in an, that you were in a relationship with and you are fearful that they will come back, uh, this is an opportunity for you to rearrange your furniture. Mm. Hide your weapons of opportunity in, in a different place because if they know your layout, uh, that could potentially be uh, against, work against you. So so, you know, you can rebuild and you can make it the way your home the way you want it. What are some other in-home yeah. safety tips that you could probably give to people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, you know, we talk about uh, if you can get out of there, um, I think that's a great option. Mm-hmm. So uh, leaving the situation, whether that might mean, you know, climbing out a first floor window, hopefully, or if you have an exit route on a different floor, but um, getting out a back door, um, using technology smartly, right, alerting your uh, calling the authorities, of course, as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, also hiding. Yeah. We talk about waiting as an option. Hiding is absolutely an option. Um, and this kind of a, a big part of this comes back to intuition, like yeah. I mentioned before, right? That's kind of one of those tools that's going to help you figure out what the best option is going to be in that situation um, because it just might change if you can hear that there are multiple people breaking in or if you can if you can kind of hear that it's only one or um, you hear your neighbors that have a party going on next door so getting to them would be great like mm-hmm. that'd be the best option those sorts of things are going to kind of in the moment help you decide I think and speaking of neighbors one tip I always get or give is get to know your neighbors Heck yeah. and you know when I was living alone it was I you know I made a deal with my neighbor I, I share a wall with one person and I I said look I'm, I'm living alone and I'm listening to too much cr- true crime yeah, podcasts yeah. <laughs> and so I'm constantly living in fear <laughs> And so, uh, you know, I kind of made a deal and I I gave, I've known this guy for a really long time. I gave him a key to my house and I just said, you know, and and what was interesting about it is he's like, you know, I live alone too. I'm afraid too. Mm -hmm. So it went both ways. So, you know, starting those conversations with your neighbors, they probably welcome it, you know, and and again, I mean, that's up to you and it's just an option, but, um, um, you know, meeting neighbors and and letting them know who should and shouldn't be in your house and things like that. And after I kind of made that deal with my neighbor, I remember, you know, I, my boyfriend came over to the house and, um, and he, and I was sick and I was in bed and he texted me and he goes, I just saw your boyfriend leave your house with a small backpack and you're nowhere to be found. Is everything okay? So he really took the, (laughs) thanks Bob, if you're listening, uh, he, he really took the responsibility seriously mm-hmm. to look out for me and so you know the more you can engage your communities the yes, better absolutely yeah. yeah we talk a lot about being an ally in girl mm-hmm. strength right well we're also working with kids but we're um, a big part of that is, is we're trying to combat bullying um, but I think you can find allies everywhere um, and I and then I also uh, love to talk about how to establish yourself as an ally in your community and in just the spaces that you are, whether that's on the bus or on the street or um, at the coffee shop that you hang out at, how yeah. to, how to kind of make sure people know that you're available. That's great. And that's something that we talk about in class, too, is just like how to call out an ally and yeah. like how to, you know, so that's another uh, big safety tip. I think that we could we could shout out to people Heck is, yeah. um, you know, if you're in an if you're feeling unsafe and you're in a situation where you fight, you might need help um, or, you know, it could be a dangerous situation. It could just be something that's sneaky happening um, in an enclosed space or otherwise, I think um 
people freeze. So a lot of the times people might want to help you, but they don't know if you want them to. They don't know if they should. They don't know what to do. So what do we teach people in our classes? Um, So... uh, that's a great question. If if the ally is frozen, is that what you're saying? Well, if you need help, if if like calling out help. an ally, like how to how what's a smart way to do that? Um, I mean, locking eyes with people, right? Like mm-hmm. I, um, I'll just share one of my own stories. Um, I take the bus really early in the morning, so there's very few people on it. And one morning there were three of us, um, one other woman my age, uh, and then a, f- a fourth person got on the bus, and it's a completely empty bus besides the three of us, and this new person sat right next to that Mm -hmm. other woman and that's like ooh, that's That's not not okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) so I so that that woman sort of perked up and turned around and looked at me and I looked at her and was like I got you we had a whole conversation where I was like I see this it's that it's weird I'm ready but then that person got off like two stops later and everything was okay but um that's weird just being ready (laughs) it was super weird it's super weird yeah um so just being ready I think that's like the biggest thing that we can Mm -hmm. do to be an ally I think she turned around and looked at me like that it sounds really small but she she called you out she called me out yeah like it that's she's like you're a woman you get this yes yes and I and when we practice we practice sometimes engaging allies in girl strength and um, I encourage the girls, we practice making a scene. I think yep. we're taught from a young age the phrase, literally, don't make a scene. Jennifer. Absolutely. Jennifer, Absolutely. Scene. Um, but I am doing the opposite in my classes. Like, this is where you make a scene. This is where you say, um, bus driver, I need you to stop. This person's touching me, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's something it takes. I, I know for myself um, that that would take a lot. Yeah. Right. And I don't so I don't teach that lightly and I don't teach that um, with the sense that it's going to be easy because I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that can be really hard for some people. Um, but I think just knowing it's an option yeah. is even a step. Uh, yeah, we're you're absolutely right. We're afraid to make a scene. We're told not to make a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're told that it's us, not them, yep. and that we're reading too much into it. Uh, so I think, um, and, and one thing that we, an exercise that we do in classes, teach people, and again, because this is a safe space, we can do role-playing stuff and we can practice these skills, and the more you practice, the easier they are. But we do teach people to say, you in the red shirt, yes. did you see what happened? You know, tell the bus driver to stop the bus, or, you know, what have you, or call for help, or just see me you know do you see what's happening um and i'll you know just another story that i have that i tell in class is when i was a student in women's strength the day that we did that um that exercise it was like day the second class i believe um i went and i met a friend at a bar and i was we were drinking uh wine or something and decompressing and talking about the class because you know it's heavy stuff so it's good to decompress after the class and i was in a bar and i was sitting at a bar school and a guy walked by and like touched my butt (gasps) and there was plenty of room he did not need to do that so it was definitely intentional and I was pumped from the class and I jumped off that bar stool and I was like hey you and I just kept repeating myself over and over again and I why did you do that why did you do that and I am telling you listeners Shelby no one looked at me they looked at him and the bartender immediately ejected him and it was and it wasn't even a thing I wasn't embarrassed and it was like it was the reaction that I had feared all my life that I would get should I ever make a scene 
absolutely did not happen. Awesome. And there's no guarantees that that would happen if you tried this. But, you know, from my personal experience, it was it, it worked out really well. And and another thing that we teach, too, is when you're um, using verbal assertiveness to defend yourself against a stranger or otherwise, um, you, you can repeat yourself over and over again. Yes. You don't have to have like a great, you know, speech planned no, out. No, it doesn't have to be clever. Yeah. And then when we're using verbal assertiveness, um, you know, what we talk about, too, in class is that we teach, um, you know, even in combination with the strikes, we teach people to say back off mm -hmm. and to yell back off. And um, and that's something that you can use even if you're, you know, feeling walking down the street and feeling intimidated or what have you. And it's something that kind of grounds you to tell someone else to back off. You're holding your space. And uh, it also draws attention yes. to potential allies and let people know should something physical happen that you've already identified yourself as the victim and you're you know so it's it's there's not a situation where someone walks upon you and um and sees two people struggling and goes okay well i don't know what the deal is so when you're saying something like no 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 back off or you know whatever it mm -hmm. is that you're saying yeah you you've established yourself to anyone listening yes i actually have a great story about that just yeah. What's today, Monday? Yeah, on Saturday, we're training up our new class of volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, we're always looking for volunteers. We do it. We do our big training program just once a year. But we had to be in a different space this week, um, and there were other people in that same building. <laughs> but this is the amazing part. Um, so one of one of uh, my new instructors yelled, "No, no, no!" because we were practicing, mm -hmm. and I had two people run down from upstairs and go, "What's wrong? What do you need?" And oh, I was I love so it. I know we felt bad, but then we were also like really amped. Like I'm I'm stoked to know that. Um, in my building, I've got allies who were like ready to run That's down incredible. And, and help us out. Yeah, I also really felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shelby, really quick, uh, we're going to transition uh, to something else in a few minutes. But uh, what is the best way someone can be an ally? Uh, is this a specific question you want to know? How do you, what do you mean? <laughs> you can believe them. Absolutely. That was like, I think you want a specific answer. I had a very specific answer. Uh, yes, absolutely. I had a little girl in class be able to articulate this, and I was so proud of her. Um, we were talking about some of the facts around sexual assault, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, how common it is and how uh, victim blaming is still a very oh, yeah. real thing. And I asked, like, now that we know that this is a thing, what can we do? And she said, well... You can listen. You can say, I believe you. And you can say, what do you need? And, and oh. how can I help? And I was like, Poof. so if a 10-year-old girl can get there, um, the rest of us can too. For sure. The kids. Oh, they're the future. They're the future. <laughs> um, another uh, quick tip that we'll give you uh, uh, is um, – Playing with safety planning is, or a couple more tips, is uh, playing the what-if game with yourself. Mm -hmm. So think about these things um, instead of just living in fear and being like, okay, well, what if a stranger jumped out of the bushes? Or, Which, again, the stranger thing is always what comes up. But by the end of the third class, we do. Um, the, I think the class is more of an understanding that it's more likely someone we know, although we should always be right. ready to defend ourselves against strangers jumping out of the bushes. But totally. playing the what if game with yourself and thinking about, you know, well, what situations are you in on a day to day that make you feel unsafe? Mm -hmm. And what would you do? So yes. instead of just living in fear going, OK, well, wait a minute, I could do this. Or, you know, if I'm walking, you know, we always talk about the uh, people always say, what a park, uh, a parking garage, what would I do if someone jumped out at me in a parking garage? Well, what would you do in a parking garage? What does the parking garage look like? What, mm -hmm. what resources are there and available to you should you need them? And yeah, what's so, in your purse that you can use and throw at them? Exactly. And are you hand? Are, do you have it in your hand? Um, speaking of purses, uh, this is something we kind of go over in the intermediate class a little bit um, is uh, what if someone does want your purse? Give it to him. Give it to him. Your, um, your life is 
give it to more him. More valuable. And um, alternatively, another option that you could do if someone demands your purse is throw it. Yes. So distract them with it. So throw it toward them, but, but uh, make them go pick it up, and then you get out of there. Heck yeah. Um, another thing you can do is, uh, so we talk about the SARA strategies, S-A-R-A, which is scan, analyze, respond, and assess. So uh, a dangerous situation, um, what do you see? What are your surroundings? Scan the area. What time of day is it? Uh, analyze. Analyze the situation. How fast is this person approaching? Or um, And that's another thing, too, is we talk about, you know, all the different strikes that we learn are, you know, some of them are for really close proximity. Some yeah. of them are a little bit further away. So what is in your toolbox that you can use depending on how close they are sure. um, respond uh, address potential danger in your analysis so um, can you use a cell phone where are your exits can you keep walking are your verbal assertiveness skills going to help you in the situation and um, and lastly assess are you safe mm -hmm. so are you fearful or are you you know are can you can you talk yourself into being is this your intuition or your bias yes are you really safe That's great um question. you know was your response effective and uh and and what do you know now um let's we're running out of time we've got five more minutes so i want to kind of go into a little bit more about the program sure. um should people be um intrigued and and want to want to take their self-defense beyond this program uh and and i also want to say that um this is a great class to take even uh, even if you've already taken a bunch of self-defense classes. Oh, yeah. Right? Because you're always going to learn. And again, it's a safe space to practice what you already know. So mm -hmm. uh, because it, with a bunch of women and with instructors that have pads that you can hit, which you can't do, just mimicking in front of a mirror. So um, and I also know uh, the the. The Women's Strength Program is affiliated with the Portland Police Bureau. Yes. And that started because, um, and I can't remember the year, but it's, I mean, it's been around for, you know. Like year, over 35 years. Yeah, a long time. And it was started by, I, and I could be wrong if there's any instructors out there wanting to correct me and email me or something. But it, I, it was started either by a dispatcher or a receptionist that worked at the Police Bureau. And she <laughs> looked into... Um, she was just like seeing all these calls come in of women being assaulted and uh, and decided to do something with it. So a lot of the uh, the curriculum that we that we teach is is kind of borrowed from other places and, and then mm -hmm. put into one thing. And but it was just a woman that wanted to make a difference. Yeah. And uh, and you should teach about her in your uh, in your girl strength I classes. I absolutely should. I have um, on our inspiration board, we have um, Lola G. Baldwin, who was the second female police officer. Um, in the United States, and it was here in Portland, oh. and she was specifically hired to kind of work with um, kind of sex workers. Oh, interesting. Great. I'll have to learn more about yeah. her. Um, another thing to know about the Women's Strength Program is although we are sort of affiliated with the Portland Police Bureau, um, we are not giving police officers your information. I mean, I oh, no. will admittedly say I, I'm I find police problematic. And uh, and so, you know, just know that it is a safe space. We mm -hmm. are not sharing your um, any anybody's information. We are not we we have the benefit of um, training with the police department or at the, at the police training facility. Right. But we're really not. No, we get to use their resources, which is mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, but we're a pretty separate program. Mm -hmm. All of our volunteers are volunteers. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, the strength program directors, we all um, are non-sworn, not, uh, we're just, just program coordinators. Um, so there's not a lot of overlap in the, and the officers don't, you know, don't really have anything to do with the class. 
One of the things that comes up in the class a lot when we talk about, you know, so our, our, our affiliation with the police bureau is a lot of the students ask, do the police officers take this class? Huh. And they should. Some do. I, I mean, so I say they're, they're not um, always involved in the class. We have had some amazing female officers um, be instructors, um, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. um, as volunteers, of course. Um, and then I'll have some come to girl strength classes occasionally that want to, you know, meet the girls and kind of help. Um, one of our one of our goals there is just to kind of um, give girls more allies, mm-hmm. um, give them more more options and more safe adults. Great. But, yeah. And then um, what are some other? Okay, so if someone wanted to register for one of the classes, how would they do that? Great question. So our website is the best way. It's um, a little wordy, but PortlandOregon.gov/police. Um, just because, again, we're under that bureau, slash women's strength is where you're going to find the women's strength schedule. Um, And you, uh, like I said, so the schedule will be on there. There's one or two classes every single month, and they just kind of rotate locations. Once you see one that is going to work for your schedule, the location's going to work for you, pay attention to that registration date, write it down. Mm -hmm. It's usually the first Tuesday of the month month before the class you want to take. So if you want to take... Um, what's today? March 9th? Was there? Okay, there's no the so last Tuesday. <laughs> um, so maybe say so we'll say the first Tuesday in April is when the May class is open. So you'll want to pay attention. If you want to take a May class, you'll want to register on that first Tuesday uh, in April. So um, yeah, and like I said, you can register up to three people in the same form. So if you're, you know, a mom and you have two daughters, that's a great way to do it. If you want to take it with a friend, just yeah. put the two of you on the same form. For girl strength classes, um, for the summer camps, which I will, I'm putting that schedule together now. They're free. They're all over the city. Um, you will register for the most part through whatever organization is the host organization. So I do a couple in North Portland at the Portland Odd Fellows Lodge. They're fantastic. I do some at community centers all over um, just kind of different spaces. So uh, my website or the Girl Strength website is um, portlandoregon.gov slash police slash girl strength. Great. Thank you. And as we're wrapping up, and I want to thank you for being my guest here on uh, X-Ray FM's Amplify Women Day. Um, what are, give me two. This is, you're not prepared for this. I'm going to give you, th- I'm going to have you give me three other organizations oh. around here that uh, that people can utilize as resources. So we've got a lot of great things, that, and we, we give out resource packets, but what are some other really great, um, and whether it's uh, other self-defense programs or um, just, sure. you know, domestic violence uh, yeah. uh, uh, services? What, give me, give me. Uh, call to Safety. Yes. Uh, Lines for Life, who has, they have a teen program, and they even have a text line, which is amazing. Youth line, that's what that's called. So teens. Um, and youth can call and text, which I love. And then a third one is, I need help. Um, boy strength. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got Bradley Angle. Yes, thank you. Raphael House. Raphael I just like, House. I Friendly House. Ha- yeah, there's all sorts of great things out, out yeah. in there. And are those resources on the Women's Strength page? Um, Do we have I, they may not be. Okay. They may not be. All right, well, um, we could talk about this all day, but uh, we're wrapping up, and this is X-Ray FM's Amplify Women Day. Uh, Thank you so much, Shelby Neal, for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. And um, you're listening to X-Ray FM.